Hi, this is Jay Edidin. Um, this is technically sort of a Jay and Miles Explain the X-Men special, except that Miles is not here and it's in the middle of the day and I'm recording at home and it's probably not really going to be edited, but with me is writer Al Ewing. Hello. And we are, I think, two days out from Rose City Comic Con. Um, I guess your, your, your sort of general con arc is still going on because you've got a signing tonight. Yeah, I've got, a, I've got a signing tonight and then I'm on the plane back tomorrow. Um, I do a little jump into Seattle and then it's a giant overnight flight um, that's going to screw up my perception of time again. Yeah, you've been here for just long enough to get used to what yeah, GMT now I'm, minus now I'm 8. On West, I'm on West Coast time, uh. um, which is weird because all of my editors are on New York time, so I've been ping-ponging between my usual um, afternoon, evening time frame to a sort of early morning thing, so... Yeah, no, I, yeah. I've had some of those getting up at, at 6 a.m. for a, a meeting, and yeah. Yeah, not fun. But uh, the coffee shops here are excellent, and I've been working in them. They are. This is this is a good city for it, too. Yeah. Um, so you've got, and, and, and you have, you also, my, my cat is really happy that you're here. Um, yeah, your, your cat seems to really like me for some reason, as a chair. Um, um, you're tall, and you tend to sit with your legs sort of straight out in front of you, which is her ideal, and, and to wear long pants, and that's her ideal combination. Um, okay, you're also yeah. really probably excessively tolerant of her, so yeah, she's well, into I, that. I like cats. I used to, I used to have a cat um, when I was a lot younger. Uh, I haven't had any pets in a while. It's a bit difficult to... I'm, I'm renting, and I usually, you know, usually there's a clause saying yeah. no pets. So. Yeah. Um, and I'm not really good at taking care of animals. Fair enough. Uh, I had some goldfish. That didn't go well. Did they ever? No, no, they don't. I, I've learned this. It's, they're the worst. They're the worst pet to kind of... Unless you want to teach a child about death. Well, they're yeah, they're really useful for that. Yeah. I've, I've got a friend who very avidly and careful, who who's a, a tropical fish aficionado and really serious about them and gets the kind who she keeps alive for multiple years and knows the names of and takes to vets and it's yeah, amazing it's... and I can't quite fathom it. Uh, yeah, I kind of feel like people aren't really talk, told how to look after goldfish. My first goldfish I won at a fairground. Ah. Uh, so it came home in a leaky bag. Um, that was, that was uh, a useful lesson that you can win something and not be... And wish immediately wish you hadn't, <laughs> uh, because suddenly you know instead of like a fun day out of the fair, I was like responsible for this, this weird death trap was like thrust into my hands. Yeah, that's a horrible Bond villain sort of situation to end up in. Yeah, so it's I was kind of leaking. like wandering around the fair desperately trying to, and yeah, we had to get a bowl and learn about those tablets you put in the water to, you know, keep the fish breathing and, uh, but yeah, and and you know. It, it had lived most of its life in a plastic bag um, that was slightly larger than itself. It didn't last very long. And then we had the bowl and the food. And things. so we got another goldfish and the cycle perpetuated itself. I've uh, never actually had a, a fish, but um, this one, we, we one is sort of a slightly less descriptive term, but we, we found her under our, under our porch when oh. we were in North Carolina. And she was, um, she was the, the vet eventually determined that she was about eight months old. And she was tiny, and she was super, super, super pregnant. Oh. 
And our housemates had an indoor cat at the time. So the plan with this one was to, t and, and we were, we knew we'd be moving within a couple years. So we really didn't want a pet. Um, and we were going to take her in, wait for her to have the kittens, you know, wait till the kittens were old enough, find homes for them, get her fixed, find a home for her. And we got through everything but the last, the last step. And she had pretty much decided she was ours by then. And we kept looking, but we couldn't find anyone who wanted even a very, very chill adult cat. And by then looking elsewhere was pretty much a formality anyway. And she has been, she's been with us for about 11, 11 and a half years now, almost 12. Well, she's very nice. She has her moments. Um, she's also real fond of waking us up at four in the morning by standing on our heads and squawking really loudly. Yeah, I, I, I took your advice about keeping my door firmly closed to avoid that. Yeah. Uh, but she is, yeah. she is friendly, and if you are up late, she will stay up with you, oh. which is pretty cute. She was, she was definitely, she won't actually stay up, but she'll stay in the same room. Um, she was, she was there for the zine marathon on Friday. I'm curious about that water bowl in the kitchen where the water kind of flows through in a never ending fountain. Do, do cats like that better? Or? Uh, this one does. Not okay. all do that. Um, that came from actually the proctors whose cats did not like it. Um, so, okay. but she loves, she loves drinking from faucets and she can't get up on the kitchen counter here. She could at our old place because it was condensed enough that she could get on a chair and then onto the table and from there to the counter, but she's not a jumper. And her favorite place to hang out was always the sink. Whether or not there was water running, she'd just yeah. sit in it and occasionally fall asleep in it. Um, but she loved she loved drinking from the faucet. Wasn't good at it. Um, she'd mostly just hold her head under it and try to get it at the right oh. angle and get drenched. And um, But yeah, so she, she really, really likes any kind of running or moving water. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. And it makes her much happier. So, oh, that's good. And it holds more water, and so it's it, it works out really well. Yeah. She has a fancy setup. We have to put her food dishes on timers, too, because <laughs> that way she will bat at the dish for three hours before feeding time rather than at me now that I work at yeah. home. Oh, yeah, that's... Oh, well... But, yeah, she's, she's a, she, she tries. She's, she's very, very enthusiastic, and, as, as you can see, very friendly. Yeah, no, she's a lovely... For those of you listening on audio, she is currently sprawled across um, Al's lap with her feet kind of gripping onto his leg and her eyes very tightly shut, looking very pleased with herself. And she's sort of batting her tail about. Yeah. In some kind of... Uh, like Nightcrawler. Don't pronounce her tail. To get, it, yeah. get it back on topic. She's not generally a tail chaser, um, okay. which makes sense because she's not generally much of a hunter either. She will. Yeah. She she's caught two moths this summer, which is her lifetime record by a margin of two moths. Yeah, so. we've got we've got moth problems. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure what the what the deal is. I suspect some um, bad wardrobe management. Oh, electric lights and. Yeah, yeah that also they get in. But they're, they're just slow enough, and, and they fly just low enough at some point to sometimes be within her range of, of sort of springing and then falling over and looking confused and then trying it again every every few minutes until mm. she gets distracted. So she has she has successfully taken a few down this year. Well, that's good. Yeah. So how was your first Rose City? I was good. It was Everybody was really nice. Um, there are a lot of people who... Um, it seems to be kind of because um, I'm I'm not very good at uh, t 
telling people I'm going to be places. Um, this past couple of years, I've got especially bad at it. So, I mean, I'll sort of turn up to places and I won't have properly uh, let people know that I'm there, so it's kind of a surprise. But, um, no, I had a I had a bunch of people who were kind of coming by just attracted to the, the layout of comics I had and trades, um, provided by Books with Pictures uh, of Portland, where I'll be later today. Yes, uh, probably a few days ago as you're listening to this. Yeah, but... yeah, but the comic shop will still be there. Yes. Barring some sort of meteor incident. And it will probably still have additional sign things. Yeah, yeah. So. Uh, no, I, I'll, I'll be uh, signing good calls of stuff. So what, what are you working on these days? Um, at the moment, I'm working on Ultimate, uh, New Avengers, and uh, another Marvel book that's yet to be announced, which probably won't be announced for a while. I've got a good run-up on that one. Um, and... Uh, I'm kind of, kind of, sort of, batting some ideas around with uh, Lee Garbutt for a possible future thing, but that's very much, you know, I mean, we've been at the idea stage on that for years now. So, um, I mean, you know, that's on the way, but when I can say, or, and you know, it's not really, it's not really announcement ready yet. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm getting, getting on with stuff. Um, and obviously Ultimates and New Avengers are about to become Ultimate Squared and US Avengers because I like uh, I'm a big I've always been a big fan of um, one uh, you know number ones still give you a nice little bump and two I've always been a big fan of um, when there are kind of obvious through lines through various different books um. So. Oh, I'm trying to. I'm trying to think of a good example now, but uh, I know definitely the defenders were. Had all sorts of uh, Steve Gerber back in the day. I'm pretty sure had all sorts of stuff running through various books. Um, I do tend to kind of keep going on. Uh. uh with with subplots, kind of running slowly through whatever I'm working on. So I've, um, I've got a question about the, the retitled stuff. Okay. Um, you started out, or at least the first work of yours I'm familiar with is from 2000 AD. Oh, uh, yeah. Which is really pointedly satirical, which is, has a, a much, much more flexible, ne- nebulous and enthusiastic relationship with you know fans and fan fiction and mm. authorial relationship to material than I think company-owned comics in the U.S. are usually associated with. What's it like jumping from that to something like Marvel? Um, yeah, it's I, it's kind of um, you sort of learn what the rules are and what the what the walls are and where you can where you can bump your head against and where you can't. Uh, I mean, I guess I guess the readership is bigger, like mm-hmm. quite a lot bigger, but the um, I mean, it's not like you can do absolutely anything you want at 2000 AD, but it's right. um, the the lines are different, the the boundaries are different. There's um, you can technically, if you can convince um, Matt Smith that it's a good idea, you can pretty much do anything. Uh, but I mean, I guess the same is true. I mean, the same is true as Marvel. If you can convince the editor, it's a good idea. 
uh, you can do anything, but it's... Um, I guess the biggest difference is probably length and pacing in the 2000 AD is five, six page episodes, um, maybe like ten or so per, um, ten or so per story, uh, which pans out at about 50 or 60 pages, um, and in that, and that gets very dense, very, um, very compressed, not that much room for um, character beats have to be extreme, either drawn out over years and years and decades or um, incredibly tight. Uh, so I guess at first working for American Comics there was, it was a kind of mixture of having more room to breathe and because it was coming out at a monthly pace having to get more done not being able to just say oh people will still remember this in a couple of weeks so I don't have to go back to this next episode mm -hmm. so you kind of have to keep keep hitting the beats keep uh... so yeah I guess in terms of the kind of pacing and the length and e even the page size because the page size in American comics is much smaller so you can You've really got a maximum of about six panels before things start getting very tight and uh, not mm, not cluttered, but quite um, quite intense. Which I mean, I think about seven or eight panels, you've got quite an intense page going on, which can be good for a lot of things. But um, I've been able to have like on the two thousand ID size page, I've been able to have eight pa eight panel pages that have been quite slow conversational pages mm -hmm. uh, and that's not really that's not really possible yeah when you get to eight on a standard American page oh, it's, the number of panels and the density of panels fundamentally becomes part of the storytelling yeah it's suddenly I mean for some the only the only way I could think of to make an eight panel page really work was if it was sort of fast action beats telling a choreographing not yeah. many not many speech balloons very small details, large yeah. wordless pages, or alternating blocks of text. Yeah. 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 But. Yeah. There are ways, and there are, there are cartoonists who can sort of make that work, but it's, yeah. it's so, so specific. I remember going from something that size to editing stuff at Digest and Manga size for the first time and just oh, yeah. shrinking down even further and the whole, you know, the additional considerations and what it does to balloon placements and, yeah. Yeah, I guess, although I guess back in the day um, nine panel pages full of text were mm -hmm. kind of the norm. And not just text, like sometimes quite extraneous text where you'd have you know, an action and then a caption telling you what the action was. Yes. And then somebody saying... Or someone thinking about the action with a thought that would take longer than actually performing the action. Yeah. A lot Spe of that in fights. Speech is a free action. Yes. And usually usually the thought balloon going against the image, like um, all, those, all those times, and this is, this is a Stan Lee thing, but all those times Captain America gets punched in the face and he's thinking... Only my amazing training allowed me to roll that blow. There was a lot of rolling with blows <laughs> in in Marvel comics. Like every time somebody would get punched, they'd be like, "I rolled with this blow." Um, nobody ever thought, "Ow, my face." That's those 
that's got to be to some extent a byproduct of, of Marvel style work having you know not quite communicated your intentions in the script seeing the art, artwork and then realizing you have to sort of write around whatever's just happened yeah I think it I, I don't know I think it might have been um, and this is you know obviously without talking to anyone involved but I, I suspect it might have been almost an ideological thing as well like uh, you know just in terms of the, the balance and the tension between heroes who are fallible yeah. and heroes who are kind of shouldn't fail that was that was part of why Byrne left the X Men. Oh, I that was that. yeah. There was there's a page where Colossus is wrestling with a is he's pulling up a tree and it was meant to be apparently a fairly heroic and effortless gesture and in the captions um, Claremont made it this you know <laughs> incredible effort and, and apparently sh- Byrne was furious. Is he isn't he shouting something like though my steel sinews will crack Tavarish or something? I, like I don't that. I don't know, but he's it's 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 yeah it's it's implied that he is he is pushing himself to and past the absolute limits yeah. of his strength and power, randomly tearing up this tree that's obviously pretty old. I man, Xavier School landscaping baffles me <laughs> on a whole other level. Speaking of which, and I'm 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 you know, contractually obligated to drag this conversation to the x-men at some point yeah, yeah, yeah but i can do that easily with you because you are gradually amassing new mutants yeah i'm collecting them um they're just in the basement no um they're, was, they're largely in new adventures well i've got i've got even more um I, i've turned in a script where with some guest appearances from even more of them yes. um and i won't i won't spoil the exact circumstance of that but yeah i mean and it's you know they're not because it's like um roboto's uh you know a main character Mm-hmm. And then Colossus kind of, not Colossus, Cannonball kind of became a main character kind of over time. Um, originally it was like everyone was sort of asking where he was. And, um, yeah. I thought, we, he was, I thought he was married and in space and parenting. Yeah, yeah, but people were still asking where he was because, you know, they're, they're the team. They're, yeah, they're, yeah, yeah. They've, they've been so thoroughly established as a team that, you know, Roberto turning up without Sam, it was like, where's Sam? And, you know, we batted some ideas about where Sam might be. But um, I like the idea that there was a sort of secret team. Originally it was going to be like the Secret Avengers, uh, but we um, we didn't push that too hard. Because I think it was felt that, you know, we didn't want to kind of keep... Uh, get too confusing with... Um, have, like, the Secret Avengers running around in a book called New Avengers. The, the new Secret Adventures. What you've got yeah. to do is just keep in, keep on amassing moderators. Oh, that would be great. The, the, the new Secret Midwest, new secret but sometimes mighty West in Coast space. But yes. And instead of having numbered issues, just have a new adjective every time. <laughs> that would be brilliant. They'd, they'd all be number ones. And yeah. Oh, that would be fantastic. Which, you know, would give you that, that number one boost every mm. month, too. And yeah. But, but yeah, and then for the... I kind of... Um, I can't remember the circumstances where I decided um, I wanted Wallet to come in. Oh wait, mm, this is again. This is there's a beat coming up, which um, yeah, I won't I won't spoil. But uh, yeah, I like the idea of, and it, it made it suddenly made a lot of sense to bring Warlock in. And I'm a huge fan of the old Fallen Angels. Yes. So again, you know, Roberto's there. Where's Warlock? Well, if, if you're talking like, about Fallen Angels, does that mean that, that we've got Boom Boom in coming too? Oh, I'd love that. Oh, I really should. Um, yeah, it's kind of... 
starting to run up against the maximum amount of characters ah. uh, I can have, unfortunately. Which is, you know, one reason to sort of retitle and renumber to kind of uh, get it back down so I can start adding people again. Fair. Um, By the same t- token, though, Roberto's got this massive organization he's he's pulling this through. Yeah. You could reasonably have... Yeah, you know, auxiliary agents who who come in occasionally mm. for cameos. At one point, uh, or to steal his stuff or whatever. At one point, I suggested, and this might have been before Warlock came along, but at one point I suggested bringing what's his name, Gomi. Because Gomi's not been seen in years. No. Um, no. The surviving lobster. Is yeah. it Bill, or is it the other one? I think it's Bill. I'm pretty sure it's Bill. But yeah, I was I was thinking, you know, oh, let's bring Gomi back. But then yeah, uh, he's a perfect he's a perfect aim character too. Like yeah. I feel like Bill would just be hanging around aim headquarters. Well, it might you know it might still happen. Doing, uh, doing but, his Bill thing. Yep. Yeah, yeah, but um, it's like there's there's only so many slots, and yeah. you know I figured Warlock would be. I was kind of more interested in seeing people draw Warlock. That's reasonable. He's definitely yeah. definitely got more visual range than. Yeah. And Gomi and Bill. I like. Um, it's interesting how kind of different because when I, when I sort of wrote the bit. The bit of the plot that kind of introduced Warlock, I sort of included as reference, a whole different bunch of Warlocks, like yes. the way different artists had done it, and I was just like. And I remember writing something along the lines of the thing about Warlock is that there's no one right way to draw a Warlock. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just whatever appeals to you as an artist. It's almost like a kind of Rorschach blot of a character where you kind of see how you want to draw the character sort of in the character. And then, um, and we've ended up with this, I guess it's most reminiscent of the Art Adams take. Okay. This kind of very sort of robotic version. Good. Um, quite, you know, very sort of techno thing. But he's, he's around a little longer. I think my one warlock standard is he has to be at least somewhat protean. There are... Yeah. There are artists who will just draw him in humanoid form all the time without a lot of variation, you know, and just looking kind of kind of robot-y and with the circuitry in, and that for me is yeah, it's, it, that that feels like yeah. mischaracterization. I, I wanted to be fairly sure to sort of stress the shape, the shape shifting, mm-hmm. um, and and shape changing thing of my my warlock question. Well, I, I I have two. One of which is probably spoilery. The other of which is which, yeah. which is you know. Does this mean we get Doug? Um, um, it's slightly spoilery, but I'm going to say yes. Yes! Uh, he's good. one of the cameos. Excellent. Um, and the uh, second half of which is, will he be continuing to befriend inanimate objects? Oh, uh, well, hmm, that's a toughie. So far he's only fought an inanimate object, if you count the, the AI. I'm trying to remember what the last issue that came out That's, that's fundamentally animate. Yeah, he's yeah. So it's an animate object. Yeah. yeah. Um, he really should. Uh, I will try and make that happen. I mean, it's basically we're we're at the stage where it's like, um, there's like the levels of sort of team members. Supporting cast, background cameos. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like if we see him again, he'll be like in some, in one of those strata. Yeah. Uh, but it's 
Yeah, you know. Well, I think of that as something that mostly happens in the background. Like, there's another conversation yeah. going on, and he's somewhere in the back having a really serious conversation with the blender. Yeah. Oh, no, he should, he should. As he should. Yeah. Which kind of brings me to headcanon, because we spent, we spent, well, mostly you spent, because you were at the table a lot more than I was. Um, yeah, I was um, <laughs> drawing all the mini comics, which, uh, uh, you know, instead of, instead of make, making eye contact with the passing trade, I was, uh, I was bent over some folded. No, but then you're making something and people will come up and ask you what you're doing. Yeah, no, there is that. Which, which works. Uh, you, I was going to say, you, you spent the weekend drawing them plural. I spent the sporadic time at the table drawing one. But a lot of them were one. sort of pop culture taste, headcanon-y X-Men stuff. And I... Yeah, I, for some reason I was started wondering like um, what Cyclops' favorite video game would be. And it occurred to me he'd be really into like something that involved like ballistics, like... Um, Especially ricochets, and I know it occurred to me he'd get really into golf with friends just because he'd be able to, like, sort of, you know, use his. Was that the very first secondary mutant power? It, was, it wasn't an it wasn't official, it wasn't an official secondary mutation. And there were ways, there are, way, there are multiple ways it's been glossed. It's been described as part of his power, it's been described as something that he learned as a result of his power. Um, that kind of visual perception can also happen as a result of um, brain trauma. Oh, yeah. So, like, there are a zillion ways that you can possibly spin it. It's just yeah. that he's good at it. Like, this is this is sort of the, you know, playing these cross-referencing Cyclops peculiarities with any given Oliver Sacks book. But yeah. So I think I mean I think sometimes it's a mutation, sometimes it's not. Okay. It's, I mean, it's I'm, pretty inconsistent. The slightly this slightly connects with what I've been doing with Roberto because mm -hmm. I've kind of he's always been sort of uh, quite flamboyant and he's always had like report cards that say oh he could turn into a supervillain yes and um, but I kind of I think more than maybe and, and you know maybe slightly in the Hickman run he was doing a lot of kind of behind the scenes scheming mm -hmm. but I've kind of turned it into a thing that like he's discovered he's really really good at Yes. And kind of is now running with it and having the time of his life with it. Um, so, yeah, we kind of we kind of touch on that. And, yeah, and it's similar to, like, the sort of... Um, just, a, just the sort of sense of the kind of... Um, the scheme, the intricate scheme. Being able to think those six steps ahead. Yeah. Well, yeah, and of, just... of the original New Mutants, he was always the one who was really into the theatrics of superheroism. Yeah. Yeah, that too. And I had no, I really, I really like him as a, as a character. I thought it was really, it was really good the way um, Jonathan Heckman kind of used him in Avengers. And, that, and that's sort of, that's kind of the, the John Schultz I'm sort of, Standing on uh, with his with his characterization at the minute. I mean, we we sort of vaguely touched on this at the the continuity panel, but um, and I've probably talked about this with Kieran on his podcast lately. But the the idea that um, the sort of continuity you focus on is what came immediately before, mm -hmm. and then sort of their childhood memories, the kind of the sort of boiled down 
idea of who the character is. And then, you know, on top of that, just picking and choosing from the various, from the long, long history. That that brings up another point, which is that you're currently writing adult versions of a group of characters, at least a small handful of characters, that a lot of readers, and especially the readers who really love them and are coming into the book for them, primarily know as teenagers and know as kids. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're all about, at, at the least, 21. Yeah. Um, I mean... Squirrel Girls College Age, um, which I guess is about what, 19 be, or so? Yeah, she's 18 or 19. 18, 19. I think she's, she's either a freshman or a sophomore now, so she'd yeah. be some, somewhere between 18 and 20 probably. Yeah, that sounds, that's about right. And yeah, so I mean, yeah, 18, 19 is, you know, probably the youngest. And I'd put, I'd probably put Ava about, Ava and Vicar is about like 18 or 19 as well. Mm-hmm. Um... Oh, we're getting into like the ages of them all now. Well, I'm 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 in more general terms with yeah. with characters. Like, I mean, one of the things I really like about Sunspot is that he's aged really plausibly. Like, I look at the adult version of him now, and he very very reasonably seems like something that the kid version that I'm I'm reading and talking about on the podcast could have grown up into. Like, he's kind of the best case scenario adult version. Yeah, he's, of, of that yeah. kid, he's the I mean, he's the one about... who doesn't become. In, uh, you know the the alternate universe malicious dictator we see. Yeah, I mean that's but that the malicious dictator guy. He's about what forty. Yeah, something like 45? he's he's got he's got he's yeah, got the gray hair thing going on. Yeah. Um. So yeah, forty five fifty. Whereas so he's, got, I guess, he's got a while to grow into it, I guess. Yeah. If he, if, he, if he wants, but I guess in um. Uh. Sorry, I'm just I'm just thinking about some stuff that's going to come up. Um. But yeah, the he's about what twenty five, twenty six. So. I'd say somewhere in the, in the current, that current thing. Him and Sam. I know Sam's slightly older. Yeah, yeah. Sam is. Um, Sam's actually Sam's a lot older. Sam is what sixteen or seventeen when New Mutant starts. Roberto's thirteen or fourteen. So he's yeah. Sam Sam's somewhere between three and five years older. I know okay, there are so specific nearly, numbers. Nearly someone 30. someone is going to respond to this with the exact exact difference at the beginning. I'll look them up again someday. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's, um, and I guess the whole, there's been some sort of jump forwards in time recently, though. Right, and, and details uh, have changed and switched with the, the post-Secret Wars. Yeah, yeah. Relaunch you know. of, 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 you know, the universe at large. Yeah, but, um, so yeah, I guess, uh, I don't know, I'm... I guess there's not that 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 much difference between like there's a sort of difference between the twenty year old self and the sixteen year old self, but it's sort of because uh, you you know you've passed through some you've passed through some sort of gates and well and spent a few years on X Force and. Run the Hellfire yeah, Club for a yeah, while. Yeah, there is that. I forget. I forget how much comic characters pack into these. Uh, yeah, yeah, they, they have they have led efficient lives. But I guess it's um, the kind of without without some huge. See, I want to say without some huge event, and I'm thinking something like um, I don't know Emma Frost, all of her all of her students dying. Yeah. Um, that 
you know, definitely, uh, Evolta, her mindset, I think, a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, although I say that I haven't really read uh, Generation X enough. I need to, I need to properly read through that. It's fun. It's because I suspect there was a yeah. lot, a lot of growth there. Yeah, very much so. And interesting and kind of unprecedented character dynamics. There are, there's a whole generation of readers who associate her implicitly with Banshee and vice versa, which is mind blowing and strange to me, just because that felt like such an unlikely partnership. But it's yeah, that's that's totally that that's someone's normal who came in there and yeah. So, uh, it's an interesting group. I'm thinking ways to bring Banshee back to life now. He, he came back briefly in. He came oh, back in Necrotia, and he came back. He was one of the. He was one of the twins, Four Horsemen of Death. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Well, and his kid is technically a a, a deity now, so. Okay. Yeah. Siren. Yeah, Siren. So okay, presumably that would be that would be an avenue. Um, I was thinking more of like. I. Uh, Actually, I probably shouldn't say just in case I get the chance. Probably to do not. Yeah. I'll say off mic what I do. <laughs> All right, can see that later. It's it's omnidirectional, yeah. so yeah. there's nowhere you can hide. <laughs> yeah, no, I I should be I should be um. I should be careful not to give away some potential gold. So uh, one one really important question about um. About, sunspot, which is whether he still has a Wolverine swimsuit pinup. Up, like framed in a place of honor. Um, that was that was always one of my favorite sort of random incidental character details. I I don't think we've seen where and how he lives. This series, we always we always see him in Mission Control, right? Or sort of swanning around the island, or right, we've um, seen him, you know, in at Sam's work, house, essentially dropping in on other people. But yeah, he's. I know he's still really into Magnum PI. Good. Um, after watching. After watching Pete and Pete last night, I did kind of want to get him into Pete and Pete as well. Uh, just as a sort of, um, I need to, I need to sort of think that one through a bit more. But uh, a specific pop cultural relic. Yeah, but no, he's definitely mm. into Magnum PI, which means I need to watch a lot of Magnum PI <laughs> before I start writing. Um, yes, Avengers. Has has he ever in 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 your you know personal story and canon and growth of the character, has he spent the last decade trying to perfect his his Tom Selleck mustache? Um, is there, is there oh, a we came we, we came so close to giving him a Tom Selleck mustache. Um, the reason Red Hulk has a mustache, or will have a mustache in US Avengers, is because Roberto doesn't. Um, we and someone one, had to. Did, we wait, did Roberto require Red Hulk to grow a mustache? Was this no, like no. A team it's it's thing? this is this is pure meta stuff. I was like really really keen on him growing a Tom Selleck at last, uh-huh. and then we put one on him and it aged him by about ten years. Ah. Uh. And like we were all in agreement, like no. And I was like, no, I thought that I'd look good, but it doesn't, it looks bad. You could have him just show up at a meeting with it in the first issue, and then someone being like, no, and him shave it off. I think I think his tragedy is that he can't grow one. Uh. <laughs> That is that. It's not the Maybe dead girlfriend. It's not the world that hates and fears him. It's the yeah, that's no, going to that be what all. pushes he's, him he's over made, the edge. He's made his peace with everything, but his upper lip. Yeah. Um, but the yeah, basically, um, and kind of 
partly as a joke, partly seriously, I was like, well, I really want Red Hulk to have a moustache then. Because somebody's getting a moustache. Someone has to. And it turns out that looks really good on him. In the kind of Mayor Mike Hagar uh, way. So, yeah, that's what we ran with. Does he have the moustache in Hulk form as well? Oh, yeah, yeah. he's um, Excellent. I won't go into it. People have been tweeting me saying, do we get an origin for the moustache? And, you know, yeah, of a sort, yes. He grew it? Yeah, is, that the, yes. is that the origin? <laughs> That's the origin of, like, General Ross's moustache. This is uh, the Hulk. This is... I, I like the uh, idea that, um... I, I feel like this is this is maybe Brian Singer's fault, that people now need origin stories for hair. Yeah. Oh, man, I was watching um, Apocalypse on the Plane, as I mentioned several times <laughs> upon landing. Uh, but, yeah, that's, um... You know the death scene for uh, what's his oh what's his name the actor ah ah which one uh Professor X oh um yeah James McAvoy James McAvoy yeah the death scene for James McAvoy's lustrous hair <laughs> which he kept since the seventies he did yeah was starting to since the sixties sixties sixty three is is first class yeah but he didn't have it like long then did he yeah did he? it was shaggy. Yeah. It was, it was longish. It was, it was long enough to be countercultural in '63. It's slightly the fact that everyone ages twenty years. But they don't at all. Yeah. They just they just get they just get more era specific fashion. It's which is very um, true to the comics. Yeah. yeah. But you know, at the same time, it's slightly. Uh... The trouble with superheroes on film is that when you make enough aspects of something realistic the ones that aren't start to stand out and start to tell that's part of my problem with the nolan batman is that he tries so hard to make batman grounded in reality that Uh, he kind of can't be yeah the nolan the nolan batman bugs me the unremitting bleakness is also kind of yeah and i'm not a big fan of christian bell's batman voice no because it's just nonsense it's just stupid i Kind of. I mean, I am. I am soundly in the Kevin Conroy is the one true Batman. I mean, because you know, Christian Bell could do a really good Batman voice. His Bruce probably. Wayne voice, yeah, is a pretty good Batman voice. But instead, it's just sort of. It's, it sounds painful. It's like, does he? Are we going to get a scene of him like desperately sucking on a holes, or some sort of mint, just Maybe. to like, bat mint? Yeah. Just kind of ease his throat. Yeah, Bruce Wayne just has chronic laryngitis. It can't be good. Can't be good for the secret identity. No, no. Uh, but yeah, no, I've not been. I watched Man of Steel, and I think that was the last DC film I saw. And I quite like Man of Steel, but it was like I liked it as a big spectacle. I liked Jor-El. I wasn't that into it as a Superman film. Yeah, I think I would have liked it felt, more uh, if it had been the exact same story, but the main character hadn't been called Superman or dressed in the Superman costume. Yeah, it was. I I think the bit that really knocked me out of it was Pa Kent. Yes, God, yeah, That's that that was not, that was a problem. I don't know who no. that was. No, but no. that was no Pa Kent that I know. No. This is... Yeah, that was just let them die, son. Let everyone die. Walter Mondale territory of I knew I knew Pa Kent and you're no Pa Kent. <laughs> I knew Pa Kent. Yeah. Uh, I 
speaking of apocalypse, we just watched the deleted the the mall montage. Yeah, yeah, last the mall night. montage. And I want to see the movie, and I, I get why they cut it. And, you know, Singer was saying, well, we, we recorded this, and it's a great scene, but it didn't really fit the movie where we were making. And I think he's absolutely right. And I think the problem is not the scene. It's the problem that, that, that when that scene doesn't fit into your X-Men movie, the thing you need to reassess is your X-Men movie, because I really want to see the movie that that scene would have fit into. I feel like I that mean, would have been a spectacular film. It's really interesting what that scene says, which is the, I mean, they go to the mall, and everyone thinks, oh, yeah, awesome. Cool, it's yeah. a mutant. And, like, what that kind of says about, like, the larger world, which is that yeah. actually Professor X's thing is really working and, like... Well, it, or Mystique's thing really worked because we yeah. we get the discussion of that. I mean, we, we get that in, in the movie proper that, to an extent, over the last decade, the presence of mutants has been acknowledged and somewhat normalized. There's, you know, there's still discrimination. Some people say, oh, cool. Some people, you know, yeah. sort of give, give Nightcrawler massive side-eye. Obviously based on the record store scene, it's still something that people are very on edge about and don't really talk about, the, yeah, the, yeah he is, let's go moment um, in the record store. I, I really liked for that. Yeah. Um, but it's not the the, innate, the initial innate... Like, I, I feel like it's... it's it's The mall scene is people Nightcrawler walking into a world where people have at least somewhat adjusted to the idea that people like him exist and might be at the mall. Yeah. Like, it's, it's not that there's not discrimination. I mean, we don't really see one way or the other. It's not that there aren't still people who are afraid of mutants, but it's it's that they are, you know, understood to be part of the larger landscape of the world that folks are interacting with. And yeah. it's kind of nice to see that. that... I'd, I'd have, it would have been nice if that had been... And I guess this is the film in which that scene was kept, but yeah. some kind of acknowledgement of any kind of progress between, like, uh, Professor X and Magneto. Just, like, because... I mean, you know, I, I saw it on a plane, I was half asleep. But it seemed to me there was a lot of the same old kind of... Give them a chance, Eric. Except with some added... They murdered my family. Yep. With their arrows. Hawkeye. Hawkeye, you've done it again. Every damn time. Um, but, like, yeah, whereas, you know, there wasn't... And, and, you know, maybe that was cut out like the most thing, but there wasn't that conversation of, no, things are... Um, things aren't better, but there's at least the potential. Yeah, well, I, uh, Magneto's thing is always, and has always been, at least in the movies, that he's never going to be able to see past the absolute worst of humanity. Yeah, yeah. So for him, the, yeah, things have gotten better on a large scale, but my family just got murdered still, so that, I mean, yeah. By the time, by the time Apocalypse was around, it's almost like a regular intervention for yeah. Magneto, like every ten years. Yeah, which, is, which is why it should have been the movies with the kids and Mutants in Society, yeah. because the Charles and Magneto show has been done and done and done and done. Yeah. And unless one of them is going to burst into song, I'm pretty much finished with it. Hmm. So what, what's Magneto's karaoke song? I know it's in there, but I, I can't remember what it was. Oh, I decided he'd... Um, Can You Hear the People Sing from the Les Miserables? Which is very on the nose. Very, very, very. But, like, at the same time, I feel like he might get a bit of... Uh, uh, catharsis out of bellowing that one out. Do you see him as much of a musical theatre guy? Um... I... Yeah, don't see any reason for him not to be. 
Um, I kind of, I don't really see him as, like, being into the the most now music. Like, mm. uh, I, don't, I don't see him as really keeping up. <laughs> um, I see him as being kind of, possibly priding himself on being quite a sort of cultured fellow. Yeah. Um, so maybe, you know, maybe he's sort of, let's sort of think of how old he is. He, he, you know, his, his, his guilty musical pleasure might be like prog rock and then in the 80s music just kind of lost him and, you know, he's all right with that. People keep on giving him Magnetic Fields albums. Yeah. People, uh, no, it, there was the era of cassette tape. He oh. had a real problem with it. Yeah, yeah. He's like, he's, he's very much a vinyl, that was it. a vinyl guy. Um, he can't, he can't, yeah. I don't, I, see, I see him as being the guy who gets dragged to the karaoke bar and just refuses to sing. And yeah, someone else puts his well. name in and then he just leaves in a huff. He's, he's so dedicated to sense of, his sense of his own I, I doubt he'd, I doubt he'd sing as Magneto. Oh. But I reckon he might, in a kind of, uh, blowing off steam. Yeah. Um, in one of his, uh, aliases. Yeah, if he if he if he were with people who he thought of as peers rather than underlings, he had to maintain, you know, some degree Decor. of impressiveness with. Uh, maybe, maybe with Rogue. Rogue. Rogue is probably all about karaoke. Yeah. 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 I can see that. I was thinking like, uh, for some reason, I completely blanked on being able to draw Rogue. Um, I couldn't get the hair to work, and then her face went weird. Uh, but I think Stevie Nicks was where I went with her. I'm not sure if that's not sure where that came from. I think uh, I can see that. I can I can also see her going like a, a southern rock and country yeah direction or maybe Johnny Cash. I think somebody's um, somebody's karaoke song is D I V O R C E. I think so. I'm gonna. But I'm I just gonna go find who's. it. Just a sec. It's in my office. Okay. I'll be right back. Microphone. <laughs> Al, feel free to keep saying things to it. Yeah. It's there. X-Men. Um, I guess I could talk about Secret Wars, the original Secret Wars, uh, which was when I first met all of the X-Men, or rather all of the X-Men around at the first time. I thought Colossus had um, psychic powers because there's one, there's one bit where they're fighting Spider-Man and he kind of clutches his head. Um... And it's because he's got a face full of webs. But I thought it was because he had psychic powers and he was trying to use them. Colossus? Yeah, yeah, and that, that illusion lasted a couple of weeks, I think. Okay. So I've got, I've got um, all three of, the, the, of, of yours. I've got the um, karaoke go-to songs, favorite video games, and Old, old Wolverine says Splink. Yes, uh, based on the old um, Cross the Road advert with John Pertwee, which you can find on, uh, you can find on YouTube. This is before the Green Cross Code, which was very simple, and the one I learned how to cross the street with. And I will say too, um, this th- these will all be up on the website by the time oh, this yeah. goes up. I'll yeah. link to them. I'll link to the the YouTube thing. All right, so we've got um, here. I'm just gonna pass you the karaoke okay. songs. So yeah, there's the karaoke songs. Yeah, there's um, there's a sort of uh, book ending structure with these, which is on the front cover of both of these is Cyclops giving his. And then on the back cover is Cyclops giving his real one, um, which 
I thought so, yeah, the, the one that Cyclops gives us first is Yellow Submarine, um, which I thought was a sort of... That's him as the kind of team leader, maybe, as the sort of um, dream promoter. Yeah. The sort of uh, the main the main Professor X. It's a little on the goofy side for that, though, even. Yeah, I guess. Um, I mean, it's, it's one of those karaoke songs you do if you're not that confident singing karaoke because everyone knows it and everyone will help you with the choruses. Yeah, which would, might also yeah. fit with... Uh, might also fit with Cyclops. Um, Storm, I gave Enya, which... Book of Days, because I like Enya. Do karaoke bars generally have Enya? Not often. Okay. Um, but I've seen it done, and people have been able to do it. Damn. Uh, a very good. It's a high bar. Um, but yeah, I can. I don't know. I think I'd probably um, something maybe a bit a bit sort of punkier as well, or uh, as a. I'm thinking of something she might have heard when she was running around with... Is it Yukio? Yeah, it's Yukio. Yeah. Something she might have heard when, like, they were running around. So some sort of... Is there... Is there I know there's J-pop, but is there a kind of J-punk? There must be. Oh, yeah, yeah. Definitely yes, there is. Yes, there absolutely is. Um, so, yeah, something something like that. Uh, and sort of postcard, please. I think Enya might be like possibly um, post post punk storm kind of okay maybe but yeah or pre or pre Iceman has picked Ice Ice Baby of as a he sort has. of joke uh, Magneto is do you hear the people saying he's looking very angry about it Gambit is I drove all night. Okay. <laughs> because he's a creep. <laughs> I do like her dreadful night. Um, uh, my girlfriend has put together a zine giving little capsule reviews of every cover of that song. Wow. And it means I've listened to a lot of Idreadful Night covers. And, uh, yeah, it's they're a lot less... Um, the creep factor is seldom, and it sort of comes in when you're not, when you're not watching yourself. But, Interesting. Uh, yeah, it is. Lyrically, it's very creepy. Yeah. Lots of creeping in people's rooms. Uh, Madrox. Madrox has arrived. He's split into three, and he's picked three different songs. The One and Only, uh, All By Myself, and Only The Lonely. Of course. So, again, yeah, he's he's in... He's giggling with Iceman over the, uh, over the song selection. But he's kind of secretly crying. Yeah. Like, I feel like with Madrox, with those, he kind of secretly means it. Yeah. This is... Um, yeah, no. I don't know. I've been reading a lot of um, early, not early X Factor, but early the iteration of X Factor that the, he's the on. The Peter David X Factor. Yeah, early. Yeah, Peter David no, X I remember. Factor, so. I remember the the great issue with Doc Samson in it. Yes. That was such at the time that just blew my mind. That was the there. issue that made me like Quicksilver for the first time. Yeah, it was just a really yeah. good. Peter David's always been very good at kind of finding something about characters and kind of. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, I've always been a, a fan of his. The Beast has gone for uh, Stevie Wonder. Uh, don't you worry about a thing. 
I was thinking of various um, Stevie Wonder's thing. I thought Miss Know-It-All might have been a bit too on the nose. A little bit, yeah. Uh, uh, oh, yeah, Old Man Logan is here, and he says, Anything by Gordon Lightfoot. Okay. Which, um... I'm, I'm, a, I'm kind of a Gordon Lightfoot fan. Um... I can sort of see Wolverine, uh, old old Wolverine, belting out the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald, uh, and perhaps him even having been there. Mm. Um, but yeah, various. Um, well, yeah, I can see him doing Canadian Railroad trilogy. It's. Uh, I think that's I think that's Wolverine's secret. Uh, secret thing. Um, Sunspot has picked Uptown Funk, which when Marvel asked me to do a a track listing uh, for New Avengers, that was one of the tracks, and it was one of the ones I uh, I associated with Roberto, particularly the line Julio get the stretch, which uh, yeah, something he says. Uh, Rogue, I've got Stand Back, uh, the Lila Cheney version. Okay. Um. I think that's one. And Strife, you give love a bad name. <laughs> uh, Strife doing ordinary things is 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 one of those gags that just never never gets old. Strife in a lift. Strife in a crowded lift. <laughs> Strife waiting in line for a ride at an amusement park, and then on the ride at the amusement park. Oh, I mean, did strike. Strike with ice cream. Oh. <laughs> strife with. I, I just see like him with like a little cocktail sausage in each of his spikes <laughs> at a party. Um, strife at the hardware store trying to find the right size pipe fitting. Strife in any kind of narrow space. Like yeah, a, yeah. Yeah. Strife, Strife cannot push in anywhere or push no. through a crowd because he'll kill six people. Strife in a movie theater and people trying to see around his headgear, <laughs> and of course he sits front and center. Oh yeah. Yeah. And even if he takes his hat off, his enormous glowing eye is going. Yeah, yeah. Cause problems. And finishing up, um, Cyclops says, "Actually, it's always on my mind." Ah. Which I think is probably about his many failed uh, marriages and relationships. Yeah, I was going to say, I went back and reread the, the lyrics and went straight to Madeline Pryor. Yeah. Like, yeah. Hayes, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's probably after he's had uh, a couple of years. So, there's that one. And, yeah, my favourite mm. video games, so. Yeah, this one's a bit more. Um, well, I mean, that's. That one's. Very contentious, but entirely. Although I, I kind of want to keep going with this and, and pull from other characters. Yeah, I mean, it's um, you could you could do a volume two and volume three of those. Warlock. Uh, oh, because be... you know Warlock goes to karaoke, and you know he's a super good sport about it. I think he'd do an instrumental, but he'd like play it back. Huh. Um, no, I think he might do. He might do Kraftwerk. He might do because there's so many different ways. Um, I mean, oh, I, I think he'd do whatever whatever he'd been hearing on the radio. Yeah. So I think he'd he'd choose something 
wildly situationally or tonally or performatively inappropriate. Um, so not not quite like Arrested Development Afternoon Delight levels of inappropriate, but something in that general vicinity. Yeah, the. Uh. That's a tough one, but yeah. Actually, no, no. Let's go for inappropriate, but not quite understanding. Um, Warlock doing Paradise by the Dashboard Light, but actually doing the radio commentary with the static. And not yes. quite getting what it was about, and everyone out, the entire rest of the team just being in stitches. Yeah, yep, that would happen. Yeah. Uh, All right. Anyway, favorite, favorite video games? Uh, Cyclops again, starting off with um, Golf with Friends. Okay. Because of his and yeah, the mic was on when we were talking about that earlier. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Professor X, Yars Revenge. Don't know that one. With, it's an, it occurs to me with Cyclops, you could have also gone with Bubble Bobble. Oh, go, oh, he'd be so good at Bubble Bobble. He'd be super good at Bubble Bobble. He'd be really good at that. And Buster, Buster, Buster move. move. Yeah. yeah. He'd be amazing at that. Um, maybe go for friends as a sort of team. Actually, he'd have a really hard stuff. time with Buster Move because it's all about color. Color matching. Oh, yeah. Hey, neat. Oh. Is there a version of Buster Move where the bubbles have symbols on them? Because No, but there might be accessibility filters. Yeah, sometimes with things like um, Ticket to Ride mm-hmm. and kind of color-based things, there's, there's symbols that go with for uh, colorblind people, so... But yeah, uh, Yours Revenge was a an 80s uh, Atari game where I kind of thought it would be like I don't know, it's one of those it's one of those things where you just think of it and think, yeah, that's Professor X, but it's you're a little fly and you've got to sort of nibble away at an Alien Force screen. It's it's one of those games that people were before people codified what a game was mm-hmm. almost. So um yeah, it's it's an odd one, but I can kind of see, you know, if we take if we take it that Charles Xavier at this point in the in time was a uh, going into arcades playing things. Uh, but yeah, yours revenge. Cable Cable has gone for Fallout Two. Not Fallout Three or Four. No, um, no, no. Point and click. The the tactics. Yes. Uh, uh, Iceman says New, Le- New Zealand story. Huh. Because I thought that's both fun and very difficult and frustrating. Okay. Uh, and I for guess... some reason I can see sort of. Yeah, Iceman kind of. I can sort of see Bobby kind of um, getting into a thing that is both fun and also requires a lot of patience. I could see him being a crazy taxi guy, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, Jubilee has picked Toe Jam and Earl to escape from Funkatron. Okay. Um, That's reasonable. Yeah. Corsair has chosen Sid Meier's Pirates. Okay. Again. Yeah, Yeah. pretty much. Magneto, again, looking very stern. He's got big eyes this time. He's looking very stern. He's picked Marble Madness. (laughs) Um, yes. Yeah, yes. I, I was my thinking there was that it would approximate 
his magnetic powers. I will also give him Psychonauts just because you know Professor Xavier would be really upset about the misrepresentation of every single tel- tel- uh, telepathic power in his Oh, yeah. And mine's like, like, I can see Magneto just being like, no, no, I'm, no, no, this must, I really understand what it's like to be you now, Charles, except now I'm always <laughs> thinking of him as having a Sean Connery voice. Thank you. That's, that's, this Charles. is what you've done. Yes, Charles. 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 This is what it's like to be you, Psychonauts. Whispering Rock Summer Camp. Yes. Conspiracy. Is this what my mind looks like to you, Charles? I have been thinking about black velvet paintings. (laughs) Uh, Yes. Uh, Endless Have you heard or seen um, David Malky's voicemails? No, I haven't. It's just just, just, just a confused Magneto calling Charles Xavier and leaving him long rambling voicemails and it, it sort of Oh that's brilliant. No, yeah. I need to I need to hear this. Magneto sort of like Strife is one of those characters who's always really entertaining to imagine just being a guy. There's also um Max who you did meet this weekend who was, was pretending to be me when Miles and I were at the panel. Oh yeah. Um draws a comic strip called Waiting for the Trade that's largely continuity deep cuts, but there's a running oh, gag on it that, yeah. of 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 uh, Jewish grandpa Magneto. Ah, yes. Who 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 angrily insists that his children put on sweaters and so forth. And it's yeah, it just it, it works really, really well for me. Just Magneto doing regular stuff. Yeah, no, I like I like the idea that Magneto is a uh is slightly confused and by the march of culture. Yeah. And is just normal in ways that he has trouble acknowledging or admitting to. Well, so, yeah, he's got this very kind of, this public persona that's very sort of... Stern and, and stern, serious. Yes. And, yeah. But and, some, so yeah, Magneto, a Magneto who plays practical jokes. So. Yeah, that would be, that'd be good. Yeah. Now, I put down um, Shadowcat as liking Minecraft... And it's pretty much because of the cross-section of dungeons and building computers and logic gates. I could see that, but I'm going to say I... I think there's I, th- I think in, in general on a large scale thing as a game she keeps going back to and plays the most that, but as a favorite, as like the game that makes the biggest impression, I'm absolutely unquestionably for no matter what shore, we're going to go with Gone Home on that. Which was actually, that was one of the headcanons that didn't make it into the headcanon zine because I couldn't find a, a picture of her that was the right dimensions. But yeah, it was, it was going to be one, it was going to be, I, I played Gone Home six times and cried every time. Oh. Has there ever been a picture of um, Shadowcat with a, a controller? I don't know about with a controller, but there are tons of her at computers. Yeah. There's, the one where, there's that one where she's sort of faced through a computer and working on it. Yeah, that's that's which, an, that's either an that's a classic X Men back cover, I think. Yeah, which or an Excalibur I'd, one. I'd have thought, wouldn't that break the computer? Yes. Or, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. she turned it off. That one always bugged me too. Yeah. But yeah, no, there's there's a, there's a ton, and especially her and Doug, and during the Excalibur days, she's 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 their resident computer person. Mm. And, I mean, yeah. I suppose she might be building a special computer that she can face through without breaking it. Mm-hmm. Or it might be. Which I mean, be her powers to... were blinky at the time, so it's possible that she could. Yeah. She could be be sufficiently intangible to not disrupt electronics mm. when she went through them. But I don't know. Yeah, that's a bit. Gambit has gone for Playboy the Mansion. 
That's a video game? It's a video game. It's, huh. uh, it's a pretty terrible video game. It, uh, it, it will like not it shock you to learn. Um, it's it's one of those when the Sims came out, and nobody nobody has really managed to duplicate the Sims, but loads and loads of people have made a desultory attempt. Mm. Uh, I remember that there was a singles flirt up your life, which was, you know, one of these kind of we'll take a piece of the Sims and like attempt to make a full game out of it. And there are a lot of those. And the play, Playboy Mansion was one of these where you were a sort of Sim Hugh Hefner yeah. wandering around a mansion that you could build and sort of unbuild and kind of... Um, except you had no needs. Uh, unlike, unlike a Sim, you had no hunger or, or sleepiness or, um, or, you know, bladder bar or anything. So you were basically a cursor with a penis. Um, wandering around this um, don't ask me when I played this game uh, but yeah wandering around this um, this mansion basically trying to get new issues of Playboy out by commissioning you know photos and articles and schmoozing with celebrities including Andrew WK so this is somewhere between SimCity you know weird dating harem games and like a publishing simulator yes it as a magazine publishing simulator <laughs> it may be the only magazine publishing simulator <laughs> i want a comic book publishing simulator i want this to be a thing where like you have you have you know increasing bars and then there are there are degrees of 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 lead. you can actually do this as a strategy game where you set things up and you just have crises pop up and oh my god the line art is late how, how far can we push this into colors the the printer is is on the other side of the continent, so you have to schedule. You have to know by by three a.m. so you can call them in time. Yeah. The, the, and also, you know, all of us drink. But um, the, yeah. Uh, the mechanics aren't nearly so. The me- uh, because they were trying to make a Sims game, and they were trying to make mm-hmm. something. God knows what. Um. The the mechanics were all based on how much people liked each other in one of kind of three arenas, which was like romance, mm. friendship, and business. <laughs> so you could sort of enter, become some sort of weird nebulous business partner with people. <laughs> um, or you could... And, uh, but, yeah, and, and the, the idea was that you would get your photographer and your model or your interviewer and your interview subject to... Um, and, you know, this, this was all interchangeable. You could take need photos of a congressman um or you know that's amazing like you could really reshape the playboy empire here yeah interview make last month's cover model next month's interviewee but they everybody people respond to those things well like i have not as long as as long as people liked each other a lot that produced some sort of weird interview chemistry at which point you know, especially if you'd managed to keep them, like, fed and watered. Because everybody else had needs. Everybody had needs <laughs> except for Hugh Hefner. Hugh Hefner was, a, like, a strange god. I, you know, you could take this... I want to take this game and give it some kind of, like, Sarah Winchester skin. I, I would... Make it the Winchester Mansion game where she has to appease ghosts. <laughs> yes. Because you could pretty much structure that the same way. I'd love I to mean, see that. I mean, probably less nude photo shoots, but... I think the, the Playboy Mansion would be a much better place if Hugh Hefner had built it to appease the ghosts. <laughs> 
The sex ghosts. <laughs> yeah, there's Ghostbusters precedent here. Uh, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. I would recommend playing the game once if you can find it for free. But okay. you can probably only once. I also find it completely weird that they made a Hugh Hefner game and didn't basically make it a a you know, a harem game. Uh, it and kind tried, of tried is. to just do it do it as as a, a Sims knockoff because there's there is a it, structure and there's a type of game of that is. exists that kind of makes sense in that context, but you can you can have multiple girlfriends in this game which Yeah, but the focus should be that. You. It should be about, you know, you've gotta keep all of your weird. No, they were very they were very keen on like Little little talking heads pop up and tell you how great Playboy is, as huh. like a sociological force. I mean, it was it I, it was a good venue. They they published some really crunchy feminist media criticism. I wrote, which was nice. That, so that well, Mark Bernardin was running the site, so that may have been a pretty significant factor in it. But I yeah. I think the um, I think the point of the game is to sort of sell Playboy as some sort of historical great thing that now you can. Get your clothes out of there. I got her. Okay, okay. no cat. That nearly went bad. Yeah. Uh, Bella, you're terrible. Oof. The worst cat. Mm. Speaking of, tangential to that, I, I think I put out a call for questions on Twitter. Oh, yeah, yeah. We actually see if people have sent so see, in. We got. But we should keep. Well, you the the last of the games. The last of the games. Yeah. Um, Storm's game is SimCity 2000. Okay. And that's entirely because she can send. A full force hurricane or tornado through a city with no ill effects to. I mean, that's that's pretty know. much why I played it. Yeah. Just the na- Oh, oh, we have a lot of questions. Oh, okay. <laughs> I should have been checking Twitter. Whoops. Um, right. Callisto likes Mortal Kombat. Okay, which that's self-explanatory. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Cyclops is. Dot dot dot. Actually, real thing is Wing Commander, because secretly he wants to be a space. Aww. Guy. Aww. All right, let's see. Um, some of these we've already just sort of accidentally covered. Okay. Let's see. Uh, there's a lot a lot of people want to know who you want to bring back, but okay, here's here's a good one. Um, Who would be on the Great Lakes X-Men? Oof. Well, um, I'm assuming we can't have any of the Great Lakes Avengers X-Men because, you know... Um... And of course, Squirrel Girl's mutancy is up for debate at the moment. Um, who would be the Great Lakes Sex Man? Uh, I think it'd have to be all new characters. Not necessarily. You could have sort of the baffling disappeared early, or or B listers, or characters with. Yeah. Um, I'd actually put Cipher on. Because he's one of those characters no one knows what to do with. So if you if you put him on a peculiar team, you can occasionally get something out of that. Yeah, he'd be, he might be the the, the sort of mentor figure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see um, that. Aw, he's making a team for all of the other misfit X Men who don't get allowed in the danger room. I'm having to think. Uh, there's a load of there's a load of students from the. The school. Oh um, yeah, from ugly, the run. ugly John died. Um... You know, let's let's say we can just take, let's I I it's it's a comics universe. Who cares if they died? Ugly John. Ugly John. Yeah. Um, the. Um. No girl is too effective. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, Glob Herman. 
Oh, Club Herman's great. Yeah. He's sort of he's legit actually these days. So. Yeah, he's almost too yeah. too big these days. He's too that guy with the sort of um, illusory. Yes, the guy ego. who was a tiny alien and his power was making people think he was cool. Yeah, that guy. That guy, yes. The, the guitar fella. Yeah. Because um, that's an awesome power. Yeah, it's one of the Omega Gang kids. Um, oh, what else? He's good. Oh man, this is tough. Hmm. I don't want to. I don't want to go go for you know maggot or automatically the people who have sort of odd B listy powers because yeah. a they often prove effective. You know, I am gonna put Joseph on there though because I feel like Joseph needs to be punished for existing. Oh. And that's kind of unfair, but also that you know he was could that, he could be attached that, to a, a gang of misfits. Magneto with a ponytail. This is yeah, this was, is something that, that passed me by. Magneto's here suit clone. Everyone was saying, "Oh, Magneto's turned good." We can no. tell because he's got rad '90s hair. Red 90s hair is no proof that you've turned good. I remember the upstarts. I'm sure there was some... Um, there was that, the expatriates. Yeah. Oh, Team America. Team America is technically a mutant. Oh, one mutant. All of them. Well, they're, 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 their powers are yeah. fundamentally interconnected. They have the powers to manifest an additional guy on a motorcycle. How many How many are in Team America? What if, just, what if just the Dark Rider were a member, but the actual Team America members weren't, so they had to be induced to use their powers so this guy could come show up for team stuff. And they're all in different cities, so you've got to text them all. Uh, like... And they've all, none of them ride anymore. They all just have other jobs. Oh, <laughs> oh God. Poor Team America. Okay, so we've got, we've got Ugly John, got the, the mm. alien kid with a guitar. Yeah. We've got Team America. I'll say not Joseph. Um... Uh, Ernst? Ernst doesn't do anything Ernst is anymore. good. Ernst is super strong, though. So, yeah, yeah, yeah she but I mean, She's adorable. She's lovely. Let's go with you Ernst. Know, a, lot of the, a lot of the GLA have, like, decent powers. That's true. Ernst, um, and obviously... Oh, there's the kid um, I mean, from... The kid from Worst X-Men Ever who just explodes the one time. Yeah, hasn't, hasn't he exploded? Well, in that series, which doesn't really take place in standard continuity. And again, Ugly John died, yeah. too. One of the... one. It's... I remember it... Um, I remember it being. Uh... Oh, the Heartbreak Hotel mutants too. Oh yeah. From Beauty and the Beast, the one who can make flowers change color. Oh, that's like that would be perfect. Yeah. 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 Um, that that one from uh, District X that kind of produces weird insects. Except no, hang on, he's dead. Again, they come back. Yeah. I'm sure there are loads, loads of mutants from District X. Yeah. He'd be like, he'd be good. All right. Someone asks both of us and the cat, since I said any questions for the three of us since we're okay. in the living room. Uh, you get to write a summer's mini. Which brother do you pick and what happens? Um, okay, I've got my actual... Uh, I guess Joe Cancer would be Adam X, the extreme. Wow. <laughs> Um, real answer probably. No, no, Joe Costanza would be Gambit. Oh man! If you wanted people to fight over it for like four <laughs> pages, yeah. Yes. Um, I guess uh, it'd probably be Havoc, and the miniseries would probably be. I don't know. Just um, putting him in a place. 
Yeah, I would. I would. I my half of my answer is the same. I would do Havoc, was... but I'd do a road trip book. That would be cool. Yeah. Oh man, a teen Cyclops and adult have hard hard traveling heroes. Ah, uh, that'd no, be great. No, I would actually. I would. I would not have. I would not have siblings in it at all. I he he could guess with something, but I I would I would put him with one or more really unlikely traveling companion, okay. if any, or make it a solo book. Assuming because... assuming Havoc is the beast in this scenario, who says Wonder Man? Madrox, maybe. That can't be can't be a mutant. Can't be a mutant. Okay. Um. Hmm. Man. Okay. So. Well, what Beast and Wonder Man have in common is they're both sort of silly, they're both sort of flamboyant, they both move in and out of superhero society. Someone who's got... They both went to a lot of discos in the 80s. Yeah, so Did what you need cocaine. is someone else who's sort of an academic expat. Okay. Who's not super social, but enough so to sustain a road trip book where there are page several page sequences where they're alone in the car and the only gag isn't that they don't talk. Um... Someone who has some kind of pre-existing relationship with him, but can't have been close because it's X-Men and Tavik yeah. and those bridges get burned pretty hard. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Um, and someone who equivalently just sort of wants to be able to walk away from a lot of things. Oh, I keep coming back to Hawkeye, but I feel like that's not going to actually work. Uh, no. Maybe not now, no. but. No, not Hawkeye. From the future, um, I'm sure. Future Hawkeye, Hawkeye from the future. <sighs> Falcon, maybe. Yeah, I was gonna. Maybe. Someone from. Um... I was almost gonna say Steve Rogers, but then it becomes a Captain America book. Yeah, I was I was actually almost gonna say Daredevil, but then it becomes a yeah. Uh -huh. That's the yeah. That's the thing that was so perfect about Beast and Wonder Man. They were both sort of on the same level. Right. Um, it's a real shame. And because it's Havoc, it's got to be completely accidental. Because Havoc never does anything on purpose. Yeah. Or he never he never gets pulled into plots. He he never jumps into plots. He always gets pulled into them. Oh, that's a tough one. Um... So. Hitchhiker, he picks up or something. Oh! Diamondback. Oh, that'll be good. Yeah. Yeah, that'll work. Yeah, Serpent Society, nebulous relationship to superhero culture. Yep. Kind of cranky, really interesting character in their own right, on and off supervillain superhero. That'll be great. A lot of hooks. So yeah, Havoc and Diamondback, yeah. road trip book. That'll be good, that'll work. Pointedly not a romance. Yep. Yeah. Okay, so okay. and and the cat's answer, the cat's answer um, to this is the um, cat's answer is not to take its claws into me again. Yeah, we hope. Um, the the cat's answer is 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 entirely. Um, you know, actually, I'd have to go with Adam X. I think it would be Adam X because he has really long hair. She could bat. I don't. I might go back to Adam X myself. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Adam X is like the Lost Summers brother. There are a lot of Lost Summers Oh, you'd, Summers need, you'd need adult, adult Cyclops in that book. Yeah. To make it work. Just like... Uh, 
It'll be a kind of Cyclops and Havoc book, except we're just Adam X on the sidelines. <laughs> just really wanting to come along. Yeah. Uh, if you had to pick a new leader for an X-Men team who's never led before, who would it be? This is from um, uh, Mizu Sun Devil. I can never tell on, on Twitter handles how they're my, supposed to line up with... My head has Twitter. immediately gone to Nightcrawler. I mean, he has led before, though, hasn't he? Yeah, he's, he's and led. And he wasn't he's, very good he, at it. No, he wasn't. He is, he is not good at saying no to people. Yeah, okay, so not him. Cyclops yells, him, yells at him at one point in Uncanny X-Men over it. Um, has Strong Guy ever led? Not really, but he's never wanted to. No. Uh, I mean, oh, he ran Hell. He runs Hell now. Oh, okay. So, that's not an X-Men team, but, you know. What? <laughs> um, that was, yeah, that was a cool that Was that a what? Yeah, it yeah. was. Um, Siren, has Siren ever led the team? Um, I feel like she must have. Yeah, I'd be surprised if she hadn't. Hmm. Rachel Summers? No, I don't think she officially has. I'm probably misremembering, but yeah, I don't I don't think she officially has. Uh, Kitty must have. Well Kitty was Kitty was in charge of the the new kids. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she was she was Professor K for a while. Yeah. I don't think she was leading the Guardians. I'm gonna give Magic a team. Ooh yeah. That'd be, be terrifying. Good. Magic Force. Uh, same person asks, what is Cannonball's favorite song? Oh, Cannonball's favorite song. Um, I, I'm going to put Cannonball firmly as a huge Willie Nelson fan. Yeah, that's... Um, Allentown by Billy Joel. Sure. <laughs> going to regret that immediately. No. <laughs> That is that is that is what I would say on the way Elle to deciding what the song actually actually is. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Willie, I mean, Willie Nelson gonna, sounds be, like the right path. Well, and there's there's you know there's a whole catalog of Lila Shaney songs that I suspect oh, well, he yeah, but, to, yeah. <laughs> he might have some weird feelings about mm. Lila Shaney songs though. That's fair. Not like you know. But sort of almost irrational, kind of. Oh, yeah. wow. Someone actually, uh, House to Astonish, asked the road trip question that we inadvertently answered in the Havoc book. Oh, man. Okay. Um, well, so who's the Wonder we Man? covered that. Oh. Well, no, the, but just the which, which two mismatched characters would you put on a road yeah, trip? Yeah, well, adventure. there we go. Now we know. Um, oh. If Sean Connery plays Magneto, and we're picking all of our actors based on accents, asks Rapping Concrete. Who plays Gambit? Uh, I'm going to say Christopher Lambert. Um, that's quite an easy uh, an easy answer, though. Okay. Sean Connery plays Magneto. Roger Moore is Gambit. <laughs> Current Roger Moore or, like, Bond age Roger Moore? Um, I don't either way. Mm. Either way, it works out. So yeah, yeah, Roger Moore. Okay. Roger Moore circa when Sean Connery would have been Magneto. Uh. Hmm. Uh, which mutant character would you stick on Doctor Who as a companion, and with which Doctor would they be paired? Oh boy, these are these are tough. Um. Obviously, Wolfsbane. 
Yeah, she'd be good. Yep. I was going to say um, Danny. Yeah, that would also work. Uh, but which doctor? Yeah. Which doctor? Uh, Will Spain? Oh, Will Spain would go very well with Patrick Troughton, I think. I think. I think she'd be good with um, with with five too. Yeah, yeah, both both good. I feel like she'd need a doctor who was was somewhat nicer. I mean, I'm thinking like New Mutants era. Yeah. Will Spain. Yeah. Um, okay. So. Hmm. Um, I also just default to Peter Davison because he's my favorite. So. Yeah, he's great. I have an old vintage, older than me, TARDIS piggy bank with him on it that I, literally, I've had my whole life. That and sort of, so he was he was kind of my semi imaginary friend when I was little. I feel like if if Danny was running around with uh, Tom Baker, she would probably call him on a lot of his shit. Yeah, that would be nice. Um, I was going to say Tom Baker or four because did, either way, really. Yeah. yeah well. <laughs> yeah. Did um did six. Uh, I think she'd actually be 11. a lot of fun with 10. Yeah, no, that would work. Because she's, yeah. 10 or 11. I feel like she'd have a lot of the same things going for her with 10 that Donna did, just yeah. in terms of, yeah, calling him on a shit. Wolfsbane might be, New Mutants or Wolfsbane might be a good match with um, William Hartnell, actually. Yeah, okay, I can see that. Kind of like... But later, later Hartnell, like the sort of psychedelic grandpa. Not the sort of crutchy old. Yeah. So every, everyone needs like a psychedelic grandpa. Yeah. Okay. Scrolling, scrolling more through. Um, Graham McMillan asks, which X-Men character would you like to reboot, throwing away the history but keeping the basic concept and name? Oof. Uh... Just in the name of expediency, maybe Magma? Yeah, yeah, that would. I mean, but I mostly just want to throw away the history. That's... Hmm. I kind of... Uh, the first place my mind went there was Juggernaut, which I'm not sure... Because on the one hand, I'm not sure if I, um, if I want to like reverse any kind of reformed character. Yeah. But on the other hand, I really like the idea of... A character that is just basically an unstoppable force, a kind of almost like uh, something that is going from point A to point B and cannot be prevented from going to. But because that first that first ever Juggernaut story, where like, um, admittedly they don't set up very good traps, but yeah. it's oh he's gone through the wall of sticks, <laughs> he's burst through the tissue, can anything stop him? <laughs> And then it's like, it ends with them standing in front of Presser X going, right. Seriously? Seriously? Uh, but while he's smashing his way through that steel wall, let me tell you my story. Indeed. Every Living single right. time, too. Every <laughs> single iteration. I guess he hasn't, they haven't done it in the movies yet. But... Was was there not an Amazing Spider Friends episode that was that? Oh yeah, there's, there's one of that, there's one of X-Men Evolution, there's one of the oh. 92 series. I don't think there's a Wolverine in the X-Men one but I might be misremembering oh. I would not be surprised if I had somehow if they just all blurred together in my head and I'd forgotten the individual versions but they're always the same it's always the juggernaut busts through and I tell you the anecdotal version of of you know how he came to be yeah yeah don't go in that cave don't go in that cave don't put on the the crimson banza 
Sledrak, which put we are, that gem down. <laughs> don't embed it in your chest secretly in ways <laughs> that will never be mentioned until onslaught. Uh, oh God, yeah, that was a thing. That was, that was astonishing. But... Yes. All right. Uh, so we got. Let's see. Uh, villains, other stuff. Uh, man, I'm still thinking of, of characters and names and characters who you'd, you'd keep the name and the powers and get rid of a lot of the history. I mean, I really like the idea. I think I think there's a lot that's cool about the idea of Stacy X. Mm-hmm. And specifically of looking, for example, at mutants as sex workers in a way that's not about, I mean, because there's, there's, there's Laura Kinney's background, which I think is a very different story. Yeah. And in Stacey X's case, she is, she is, yeah, she's, she is a sex worker. She is like intersectional advocacy among marginalized groups as it relates to mutants is one of those drums that I will keep beating and things that I want to see. I think Stacey X could have been a really interesting vehicle for that, and I think she's a character who deserved much better writing than she often got. Yeah, I've not, um, I've not read those issues. Yeah, she's, um, I don't know if she was introduced in Chuck Austin's run, but she was, she showed up mostly in that, and she was, she was a character who, who worked, um, she's a a legal sex worker in, uh, in Nevada, who worked at a, out of, out of a place that, that basically, um, whose staff was entirely mutants, mostly with okay. very visible mutations. Okay. Which, yeah, again, is, sounds... is an interesting yeah. concept, and looking at... Yeah, looking looking at, looking at stuff from that angle. I don't know if, if you could really get away with that at current Marvel, because I feel like to do it well, you'd need to go into... You, you would need to go to places that I, I have trouble seeing a big two publisher being cool with taking their books. Mm-hmm. But it's something that I'd like to see. I think it, it could be cool and interesting. Mm. So yeah, yeah, Stacy X. I will. I will go with Stacy X for that one. Okay. Let me see. Maybe one more because we're at like an hour and a half, and yeah, I'm not really planning to add this at all. <laughs> so you get the ambient noises in my house and random people walking around outside. Um, let's see. Keeping going. Keeping going. Keeping going. Again, a lot of these have have effectively been yeah. been answered already. Um, Someone asks head scratches or belly scratches. I assume that that one is for the cat, in which case the answers are respectively yes and no. She will she will occasionally tolerate belly rubs, but they are they are not something that she generally enjoys. Uh, she loves having her head and and, and ears rubbed and scratched. Uh, still still scrolling, still scrolling. Which X Men would you most like to dress the worst cat up as? I think she'd make really good mojo. Yeah. You haven't really seen her doing this, but she'll do this thing where she's cleaning herself, and she'll be sort of sitting in this weird slouched job of the hut posture, and get distracted and just stay that way. And that's that's the mojo. The mojo yeah, she, pose. she can do the mojo, yeah. the mojo pose pretty well. Um, I think she'd also make. Um, a I'm gonna say good Nightcrawler rogue. again. Nightcrawler. Yeah. Yeah. Don't know why. I mean, she's she has furry. a tail. She has a tail. She has it's a tail, and she has fur. I think she'd make a good rogue. I feel like she 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 could pull off um, the Southern Belle thing, like rogue with yeah. the big hair. Yeah. She's she's fairly sassy. Girl. Mm. Yeah. She's a good cat. This seems like a good note to end on. Yeah, yeah. So. No cat noises. 
I guess this won't go up after, but if you're, you're you know, outside listening in, pressed against the window, uh, come see Outside Tonight at Books with Pictures. Yes. <laughs> and also don't do that. That's Yeah, you know, if you, don't, don't if do, you have access, horrifying. if you have access to a time machine. Yes. Uh, oh, yeah, brilliant. I was at, uh, signing, signing at uh, Books with Pictures. 6pm on Tuesday, and I was also at Rose City Comic Con, so you could go back a bit further. Oh yeah, you can do that. That works. In the time machine. Alright, well, thanks, and I look forward to seeing the, the, the fierce but civil uh, comic thread arguments about X-Men karaoke songs. <laughs> yeah, so many, so many left to choose. Please take the ending theme music as read. <laughs>